Yeah. All right. Here we go, everybody. What's up? Welcome to or welcome back to uh, Tuesday Bro Newsday. You know, Tuesday Bro Newsday. It used to be uh, called Tuesday Bro Tuesday, and it used to be a live call-in show, but none of that much matters anymore. What we do nowadays is we sort of unpack a little bit of the news that's been going on as it relates to, you know, the world of vaping and tobacco and tobacco control and nicotine and cigarettes and and youth vaping and the such as i am a freedom guy you know first and foremost i always like to mention that i'm a freedom guy uh registered libertarian so that's the lens that a lot of this news is going to get viewed through joined now by my uh far left fact checking subject matter expert it's danielle jones (laughs) I'm just a crazy progressive, you guys. Just like the mo- I'm, I lead Antifa. Don't say that. I don't. Yeah, please. Yeah, don't say that. No. I just, I like to give you a hard time about that. I find it. I'm, uh, a, I'm a left-leaning moderate. Just for anybody who's new to the show, yeah. I'm a left-leaning moderate. I'm just gonna call you a far left, far left, uh, far left. Liberal. Yeah, far left liberal fact checker, uh, subject matter expert. Oh, hey, there's the intro again. In case anybody wanted to see it, uh, so. Welcome, welcome to the show. There's been a lot going on, you guys. Now, this is if I don't know if anybody's new here. If you're if you're new here, welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, we just talk about news and advocacy. You know, uh, I I posted this on on Facebook and I said it's about as much fun as doing homework while you're cleaning the kitchen. You know, there's nothing really, there's nothing really that fun about it. But it's one of those like necessary things uh, me and many other people feel compelled to do. And so what we're here to do today is to educate ourselves, to become informed consumers, and to be able to fight back, fight for our right to vape, and discredit that myth-making machine that keeps telling us things like, well, you know, there's no evidence that uh, e-cigarettes can help someone quit smoking. You sick of hearing that? I'm sick of hearing that too. That's why we're here today. We're here to discredit that myth-making machines, but uh, thank you guys all for being here. It's been uh, it's been kind of crazy. You know, it's funny whenever I'm looking for stuff to put on Tuesday Bro Tuesday ahead of time. You know, like let's say uh, this weekend, there's just nothing going on, and I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm like, I can't, can't really use that. That's not nothing really going on. And then on Tuesday morning, it's like, oh, here's all the news that you were looking for. Here we're just. We'll drive a, a pickup truck to your house and just dump it off on your front lawn. It seems like everything pops up. Before we get to everything popping up, let's do a couple. Uh, look, standard issue things, you guys. I, I know you know what's coming, and you know what I'm going to say before I even say it. It's the Veritas Cohort Study. I'm going to throw this out there until the study's done. That could be, I don't know. I think we might be looking at this Veritas Cohort Study for uh, this logo for quite a while now. But this is a huge study going on, you guys. If you can be a part of it, please try to be a part of it. This is for current vapors, ex-smokers who only smoked 50 packs of cigarettes. I'll have a link down in the description. You know what I mean? You want to get involved? You can can be actually part of this study. I wish, I kind of wish that I could be a part of this study. But I smoked way more than a thousand cigarettes in my life. Way, way. Way more than a thousand cigarettes. Um, one more time, we're going to mention this. We've been mentioning this since June, I think, but it's the CASA vape mail call to action. This is still on the table, you guys. Still on the table. 
the vape mail ban S-1253, it's ridiculous. It doesn't need to exist. Uh, it's already illegal. Yeah, already illegal for uh, anyone under 18 to to get access to vapor products or to nicotine or to electronic cigarettes. So, 21 even now. Tw- 21, yeah. We got tobacco 21 now. You have to be 21. That is, but, you know, that's not good enough. <laughs> Let's ban it from mail. Ridiculous. For like the 2% of kids who might be getting yeah, it online. For the, do, I mean, is there even numbers on youths getting vapor products or e-cigs through the mail? We do. Yeah, those we numbers do have exist. Some. Yeah, they do. Actually, I it was I found a document, and I could probably find it again if you gave me a few minutes. But okay. I found one from Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids oh. that talked about, and it, I think it was referencing a, one of the CDC NYTSs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it went through like what the actual rate was. Like I got it from a gas station, or I got it from a right. friend, sure, or like yeah. whatever. And internet sales yeah. was like. It was below 5% from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Like, just it was ridiculous. This microscopic little thing. But it's it's like, you know, and then the politicians, they roll this out and then they they they, they pat themselves on the back for doing such a great job and, you know, protecting kids from dangerous vape flavors when reality is that they've they've actually accomplished nothing. They've accomplished zero. All they all that they've accomplished is they've made it harder for the adults the legal consumers of this product to buy it. <laughs> That's it. That's all they've done is they've made Aunt uh, Aunt uh, Laura go back to cigarettes when, when she was getting her vape stuff in the mail. Maybe she lives out in a rural area. There's no vape shops around there. How else are you going to get your, you know, your, your vapes? But through the mail. So we should definitely ban it. Um, Kasaw call to action. Of course, a link will be down in the description. Uh, I'll mention this again, too, even though I don't have any fancy graphic for it. Uh, you know, everybody should go watch You Don't Know Nicotine. This is one of, I'm, This is going to be pimped out longer than the Veritas cohort study here on Tuesday Bro Tuesday, Tuesday Bro Newsday, and the vlog. Just go watch You Don't Know Nicotine. If you watched it, watch it again. Buy it for someone who you think, you know, would benefit from it. I'm, I'm going to try to buy as many rentals as I can for like as many people as I know. Christmas gifts this year, it's all just going to be you don't know nicotine rental codes. That's it. So go watch the movie. I think it's fantastic. It's slowly changing people's minds. I've seen evidence of this uh, on Twitter. I'm going to share that on Thursday, but there's some evidence. You know, there was a great post by someone who... Uh, I'll save it for Thursday, but they watched this movie and just, it, it was great. Their response to this movie was fantastic, but uh, go watch. You don't know nicotine. Just go watch it. You should watch it. And then multiple times Viking vapor had in with the super chat there. Good evening, sir. Nick of the Americas. Ah, <laughs> of the Americas. Well, th- good evening. Viking vapor of the Vikings. The Vikings? Yeah, I don't... Norway? Where were the Vikings? Norway? Sweden? Sweden, I think, had Vikings. Norway, definitely. Yeah, I don't know much about... Uh, I don't know much about Vikings. That's what I've learned. I'm also going to throw in the description... It's an, I'm gonna, It's the Cochrane Library Electronic Cigarettes for Smoking Cessation Metadata Study. I love this thing, and I try to send it to as many people as possible and send, tweet it to as many people as possible and get you guys to click on it as much as humanly possible. I'll have a link down in the description. This is uh, compelling, compelling evidence. When we talk about evidence that we need to get 
two people who are making decisions, this Cochrane Library Electronic Cigarettes for Smoking Cessation, it is that evidence. Billy, did you see that thread on Twitter? What a great thread on Twitter. I'm going to read it on uh, on the vlog, I think, this week. I think that's going to be the news and advocacy. So that will be down in the description. And then before we get to any, like, breaking news, there's a blog post that I also am going to put down in the description that I really want everybody to read. It's long. It's a long blog post, but uh, skip. Skip Murray. You know Skip Murray from Twitter, Danielle Jones? Skip Murray yep. over there on Twitter? Yeah, Skip Murray posted this. Uh, the daily, It's just great. The Daily Momvocate from one Momvocate to another. And uh, this goes all through this. It's a very long, uh, I don't know. It's sad sometimes. It's happy sometimes. It talks about... You know, their struggle with family smoking and, uh, you know, smoking and nicotine and quitting and relapsing and smoking and nicotine and dealing with family stuff and dealing with, you know, shantics and things like this. It's incredibly good, incredibly good, but also just uh, incredibly, uh, incredibly long. In fact, I'm just going to read you this last paragraph just because GD, it's so good, you guys. It's so good. But this is a second to last paragraph of this blog post. Uh, she says, I am hopeful that the movie You Don't Know Nicotine will teach more of us that there are two sides to every story. I hope the movie will motivate momvocates from all sides to sit down and talk about the issues that are worrisome to us. I hope we can find ways to help youth make better choices, help society do a better job of enforcing the law, and continue to leave life-saving technology on the market for those who need the products. I hope we can get away from stigmatizing people and substances and leave a better future for all. God damn it, Skip Murray. Got away with words. Uh, I was glued to this. I started reading it, could not stop reading it. I'll have a link down in the description. And this is really just, you know, the way that I look at this is it's kind of just a, a, a call for some sort of sanity, you know? It just seems like chaos right now and... Nobody's listening and everybody's yelling. That's what the world feels like right now. No, nobody's even just having a conversation. Nobody's just sitting down like, let's talk about this really difficult subject to talk about. And let's like talk about this and work it out. Everybody's yelling. Nobody's listening. We need to listen. We need to talk. We're not going to get through this uh, being an enemy with everybody. It's just... Like that's just uh, that's just not a reality, right? It's just not a reality. So I'm gonna have a link to that down in the description. That was one of my favorite things I read on the internet recently, like within the last month, easily. It's just spectacular, just spectacular. Uh, I want to put this out there as well for anybody in the UK, EU. Show of hands, anybody from the anybody chilling in the UK, EU right now? Well, there is a large survey being uh, put on for the European Tobacco Harm Reduction Advocates, also called ETHRA. See, they have ETHRA. We have CASA. Australia has AUTHRA. ETHRA, AUTHRA, and we're CASA. Why aren't we a THRA? Why aren't we a U.S. <laughs> tobacco Harm Reduction Advocates? Why can't we be USTHRA? Oh, God. <laughs> USTHRA. But from what I understand... Um, TPD, 
in the UK. Okay, all right. Yeah, there we go. We got Gary, Oliver, Billy, you're in the UK. Okay, you guys, this is for you. The TPD, you guys are hopefully probably well aware of the TPD, but the TPD, the Tobacco Products Directive in the UK and across the EU uh, is up for renewal, I guess. They're, they're reevaluating the TPD before they roll out TPD2. And what they're trying to do is get information from the consumers to the people in power that are going to be sort of crafting and rolling out TPD2. And this is open to anybody in the in Europe and UK. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Danielle, but that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's for European vapors and, yeah. and actually European nicotine users in yeah. general. Nicotine users, ah, nicotine users in general. So it's not necessarily just a smoker vapor thing. It's whatever you use, snus, cigarettes, uh, vapor products, uh, inhaler, gum, patch, whatever you use, fill out the survey. It says uh, the information that they're looking for. It says we're trying to draw a map of nicotine use and believe this is the first European survey to cover so many aspects of it. When designing the survey, we tried to make it relevant to the different situations across Europe while keeping it to a reasonable time of five to 10 minutes to answer it. So I'm gonna post a link down in the description to this survey. Hang on, I lost the tab, damn it. This is what happens when you have too many tabs. I do have the survey. Are you sure? I will find this survey again, and I will post a link down in the description. I will find this survey again. I'm going <laughs> to post on. it in chat right it's now. It's got to be. Yeah, Danielle's going to post it in chat. I will find it uh, and put it in the description of this video. If you're a European, UK uh, vapor, here it is. Here it is. E-nicotine, e electronic Euro nicotine survey. There it is. EU nicotine survey. There you go. Danielle got it in the chat right now. So, Boosh, if you're in the UK, EU, get on board with this because they're redoing the TPD. And the goal is to have a more, I'm assuming, at least from the Ethra point of view, is to have a more consumer friendly uh, TPD. You know, the TPD has that thing where they say no bottles over 10 mils. For some reason, no tanks over two mils, like seemingly arbitrary things. Maybe it's those type of things like this two mil capacity or this, you know, maybe not the nicotine limit, but certainly the bottle size. These are the things that maybe could be re, you know, re-evaluated, re right? Re-evaluated. If they see that in the UK, in order to vape a 60 mil bottle, you have to buy a 50 mil bottle and 10 mils of nicotine and then mix it all together yourself, that might not be something that they like or that they're into or that they want even consumers doing. So you guys have the chance in the UK and the EU to change the TPD, hopefully for the better, but we hopefully change that TPD. I'll have links down in the description, uh, not just to the survey, but also to the ashtray blog, that's ecigarettedirect.co.uk where they go into uh, a little bit longer, uh, more in-depth of, uh, of an explanation around this thing. But uh, any, any chance, this is just a blanket statement, any chance 
Yeah, exactly. Rob, the two mil capacity in the in the UK sucks. If you're like a cloud chaser vapor and you use a sub ohm tank, you plow through two mils, and that's the kind of stuff that I think they're looking for. Uh, you know, as far as changing the TPD and things like that. They need the um, consumer perspective. It's really yeah. important, you guys. It hasn't been there historically. So filling out the survey and giving Ethra the data and the science basically to back yep. up some of the things that they're saying, that's what they need. So you guys can help empower them to make change, but they need the data to back it up. And yep. you guys supply that data. You guys supply that data. And I mean, even as Damien, who tagged me on this on Twitter, he said the consumer voice has been largely ignored in the UK as far as regulations and TPD and like what's actually best for the consumer. Now you have a chance. I feel a burp coming. Does that ever happen? It's like sitting right oh, here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just I'm like, when's it going to, is in the middle of a phrase? Like when's it going to pop out? It's just a tiny one, you know, there you go. But it was enough that if I had said that in the middle of the word, woohoo! Yeah, I would have looked foolish. So yeah, be a consumer in the UK, be part of science, be part of this study, you know, and this is again, just a general blanket rule for everybody, including myself. If you have the opportunity to take five minutes to do a survey, take five minutes to do a call to action, take 15 minutes to be part of a survey. If you can be part of a survey or a study or collection of data points, you know, at any time, do it do it as a vapor contribute and contribute as often as you possibly can so they can get a clear you know image a clear representation of what vaping actually actually looks like in real world uh you know, also tell all your years. friends to take it too after you take it spread the word you guys. yeah 100 percent. tell your friends post it on facebook text it to people i text people all the time and if you have the chance to do it why not i mean it's only going to uh I feel like it's really only going to benefit uh, the vape industry as a whole. Now, some breaking news. There's been some interesting news over the past two days. Um, it, it appears that uh, Joe Biden is starting to pick, you know, his, uh, I don't, what do cabinet. you call it? Cabinet, right? Cabinet. Is that what it's called? Is that what, yep. is that what all this falls under is the cabinet? Yeah, his administrative heads and the cabinet. Right. Basically, is my understanding. Yeah. Okay. So he's going. He's starting to. He's starting to pick people. You know, um, and on one person, I don't know how official this is. I see. I see nothing official. Only that he's like up for it. But the new head of Health and Human Services, I believe, right? This is Azar's position, right? Secretary right. Azar. So this this person would be replacing Secretary Azar and who Biden is looking looking at, which is interesting to me, uh, California Attorney General uh, Javier Becerra. Becerra? I'm bad with names and I apologize. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Javier Becerra. Becerra. I'm going to go with Becerra. Javier Becerra. AG, Attorney General of California. I thought this was interesting news, weird news. Um, I don't know much about California Attorney General Javier. I know that I'm not as big a fan of him as I am of Iowa Attorney General, Tom Miller, who, you know, he's a man of science. 
The only thing I can find about Javier AG out of California is he was the singular driving force behind the state of California suing Jewel. So I don't know what that means for the head of, you know, health and human services. He's aware of vaping. He's aware of Jewel. He wanted, he's trying to sue Jewel. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where this leaves us. I feel like I it's a yeah. lateral move. <laughs> I mean, if the if the state of California wants to sue somebody, it's kind of his job to do it. So yes, it could have yes. been like somebody higher right. up than him. We don't know, but yeah. like it he's been... the, the head lawyer of the state. So mm-hmm. if we're suing somebody, he's the one that does it. He's the one that does it. He's the one who uh who's behind it and it this lawsuit Makes no sense. Let me just read this one little portion right here. It says the lawsuit. So this is going back to the California versus Jewel. California AG claims Jewel is, uh, you know, we're targeting youths again, right? Targeting youths. And one thing that it says here, damn it, where did I miss it? Uh, Yes, the complaint filed in Alameda County Superior Court claims embattled San Francisco-based Jewel also failed to post warnings, you ready for this? About the potential health risks nicotine may pose for cancer. What? (laughs) What? Birth defects and reproductive harm. Suing Juul because Juul failed to to, to provide information about the potential risks that nicotine may pose for cancer one more time (laughs) that nicotine may pose for cancer so that's the background on javier ag of california he's suing prop 65 thing uh like did they not post the prop 65 warning on their packaging at the beginning or something Uh, i don't know all it says is that uh, Jewel failed to post warnings about the potential risks nicotine may pose for cancer, birth defects, and reproductive harm. The lawsuit also alleges that Jewel kept the personal email addresses of youths who failed to pass its age verification on its website and then used those emails to send them marketing information about Jewel products. Well, now, that I second mean, part, I have no idea. As somebody who does email marketing that's actually a lot easier to have happen than you might think yes Uh, because what will happen it just for the record Mm -hmm. somebody will place an order right and the system tracks their order and has their email address and it auto adds them to some sort of email blasting system like mailchimp or something like that and then the order may be rejected due to age verification and like refunded and never get filled but the email address still got added to the email blast system right and it's yep there's probably not a protocol in place to then go back in and find it and take it out so yeah there's no i mean i don't that doesn't i know it sounds bad it but sounds from a marketing bad. perspective it's really it's harmless. pretty normal it's really like, nothing it's pretty normal <laughs> the same thing would happen if somebody canceled their order or like got it returned. I mean, it's it's an email system. Yeah, it's just an email system. It's just. I'm not an trying email to defend system. Jewel look, or anything, but that, no, no, that's a little like not at all. But like, even think about how many times. I mean, my personal email inbox is just clogged with marketing spam. That's all it is. All you have to do is like you go to a website and oh hi Nate, 
you getting spam in your email or how many times have you gone to like an e-commerce site and like added stuff to your cart and then went, ah, oh, no, I yeah. guess I'm not going to do that. And then right. hi, Oh, They're you abandoned your you. cart. Did you still yeah, want yeah, this yeah. cart that you put together? I, you know, I've been on both sides of it. I've been behind the scenes and yeah, that's what you do. It's, it's an email. There's no, I mean, sure. Maybe jewel could have taken a precautionary uh, step against seeing who's in their email system and age verifying their marketing emails, but that's not a law. That's that's not a law that's in place. Jewel could have done that, but it's not I wouldn't expect Jewel to do that. That's yeah, it's an like insane one of those things task. where you're like, oh fuck later, and then you have to figure out how to fix it type thing. Yes. It's not usually the kind of thing you think I just I don't think there's anything nefarious going on. Yeah, there, it doesn't personally. feel like there's anything malicious going no. on. It's an auto system thing, and they didn't catch the fact that yeah, it still get added even if the order didn't go through. That's that's basically what it is. Yeah, in, I, in my opinion, that's exactly what it seems like. And yes, in the chat, the cheering was purpose. Every time I switched to you, the cheering came on because we cheer every time Daniel Jones is fact checking us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a dangle clack. I turned it off. I just like to have the cheering there when I first introduce you. So it's like, Daniel Jones, you know, but then every time you get a standing ovation. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're okay with that. So that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. That's the rumor on Twitter. I don't even remember who tweeted this or where I found this. Javier Becerra is in line on the shortlist, top of the shortlist to lead the Department of Health and Human Services the only the only experience i can see that he has with vaping is suing jewel, jewel because nicotine can cause cancer so here's our chance danielle's mic is a little bit low all right we can turn that up you just have her attack it more like i constantly it's tell her it's attack your my mic fault. i'm yeah. not eating the microphone yeah you got to attack your microphone attack that mic appreciate that michelle so I don't know where that leaves us. It seems like he's aware of vaping. He's definitely aware of Juul. He wants to sue it. Uh, he, or he, California is suing it. It may not be because of him. He's just the lawyer who's who's suing Juul on behalf of California. I feel like, you know, all of these new people coming in, which it's not new people, as we'll see when we get to the Surgeon General. It's not new people, <laughs> but I feel like this is an opportunity to just, hey, here's what you missed, you know? It's, it's been, a lot's changed, you know. Uh, I know Javier, you're from California. It's probably just ingrained into your brain to hate vaping and to hate nicotine and to hate dirty nicotine addicts and things like this. I get it, but we're gonna change your mind. We're here to change your mind, so let's change Javier's mind. He might not even need that much, that much changing. Again, I can't get a read on this guy. All that comes up is that he's suing Jewel because can't say it enough. Nicotine doesn't cause cancer, Javier. I just want to tweet that at him. <laughs> See, that's why that's what makes me wonder if it's a, a Prop 65 issue because I don't know if people know this, but in the state of California, 
for nicotine containing liquids for whatever reason you have to have two prop 65 it's one warning but you have to have right. a warning for acetaldehyde which the state of california believes may cause cancer and nicotine which the state of california believes may cause birth defects and other reproductive harm type this a lot if uh, you can't guess uh. so those two are on bottles acetaldehyde may cause cancer nicotine may cause birth defects and other reproductive harm so i'm wondering if he like lumped them into one and forgot mm. to mention acetaldehyde that would make more sense to me because that's like the comprehensive prop 65 warning i do a lot of labels so i know this yep uh, yep but nicotine doesn't cause cancer and literally nobody has ever said that ever so yeah i'm wondering if he just forgot that chemical like could as part be of the, you know like i don't know i would i have a hard time believing Jules legal team didn't put prop 65 warnings on their packaging i, I, I have a did in real hard days. time believing that I mean, in the early days, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, not all the vape people had it on in the early days. No, like, no, no. We kind of figured out eventually. Yeah. When people started getting letters uh, that we like, needed to have that. Like, oh, shit. Regulations. That's right. Labels and the right. such as. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Labels and the such as. And, you know, I don't know if it's just... <sighs> I don't know. We won't know but, until we hear more from Javier, like, how he feels about vaping, how aware of it he is... And again, even if he does become the, the head of the Department of Health and Human Services, as we've discussed in the past, vaping isn't right at the forefront of everybody's concern right now. You know, no. like we got a lot, lot going on in this country, low, you know, crazy unemployment. Uh, all of these businesses are closing down. We have these crazy lockdowns that get ignored by governors and people in power and Maybe that's a conversation for another day. That's fine. Chaos is happening right now in the United States. And I think vaping is way down the totem pole as far as importance goes. So I don't think we're going to see anything within the first 120 days, 100 days, first few months. But if Javier does become the department head of health and human services, now's the time when we need to start uh, approaching Javier as a as a vape community, as a vape industry, because I don't think he, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, threatening and like, we're going to take you down, Javier. But there are a lot of us. And when we get radicalized, we can melt the White House phone lines pretty easily. We can Twitter bomb Javier with correct information. Like when we get mobilized, we make a huge difference, and I don't know that Javier knows. Probs not. Probs not, right? The information campaign that's about to be uh, unleashed upon him. Uh, yeah, so this is from the New York Times. It says Biden picks Javier to lead Health and Human Services. Right, so it's his nominee, but it's he his would nominee. still need to be confirmed. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming by the Senate, but mm -hmm. this doesn't tell me that specifically, but it's usually the Senate that does that stuff. Yes, the Senate. Um, so yeah, assuming the Senate confirms him, he will be. But if they don't for some reason, then mm -hmm. Biden will have to start over. Apparently, yeah. according to this article, it was a surprise that he picked him. Nobody was... Uh, yeah, I've heard know. that from a lot of people. A lot of people yeah. seem surprised that he's on there. California AG yeah. Javier. For health and yeah, human it was a services. Surprise. Mm -hmm. surprise. Um, he's carved out a profile on issues of criminal justice and immigration, mm -hmm. and he was long thought to be a candidate for attorney general. 
Uh, he's been at the forefront of legal efforts on health care, leading 20 states in the District of Columbia in a campaign to protect the Affordable Care Act from being dismantled by his Republican counterparts. Mm. He's also been vocal in the Democratic Party about fighting for women's rights. Sure. So that's that's kind of what we know about. He's pretty new to the AG in California, though, because he took over for Kamala when she won the Senate race. Yeah. So um, that's recently. Yeah. 2017, if I'm not mistaken. I think ah. I said that in here somewhere. I think that's when she, uh, I think it's at the end. Of course, I've lost it because this article is 5 million paragraphs long. Yep, that's what you want in an article. Five million. Did Michelle Mitten write it? Right. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been the California's attorney general since 2017. I got it right. When Ms. Harris was elected to the Senate and Governor Jerry Brown appointed him to fill her seat. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. <sighs> Javier, big just an enigma right now. We won't know until we know. We won't see until we see how it plays out. Uh, it, it, there's, It's literally so crazy up in the air right now with Department of Health and Human Services. Now, something that's not super crazy up in the air right now is uh, uh, our old friend, Vivek Murthy, he's coming back. It's like the sequel, Vivek Murthy 2, Surgeon General, Back in the saddle, back in the saddle again. That's going to be the name of his book. I heard Vivek Murthy was the U.S. Surgeon General under Obama for eight years. Oh. Wow, my my timeline is is off on this. He was uh, November two thousand thirteen to two thousand seventeen. How many years is that? Two thousand thirteen to five years. That's four four. Four years. Really? 13 to 17? Yeah, 13 to 17. That's when he was Surgeon General of the United States. 2017. November 2013. Okay, so that doesn't count. April 2017. Okay, so 14, 15, 16. Yeah, four years. Four years, okay. We use our fingers. I know. I just... One, I'm two, not above finger counting. Five, no, no, no. No one should ever be above finger counting. Oh, stick no. with Stick with what works, you know. Stick how with I survive. Yeah. How do you think I passed math A in high school? You know, it was a lot of finger counting. How do you so, think I calculate the tip on a check? I mean, one, two, three, yeah, four, yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I've literally hidden my hands under the table so that I could count and no one would see. I'm a visual person. I need fingers. I need visual representation of numbers. Okay. So Surgeon General, he was the Surgeon General under Obama and Vivek Murthy Look, Vivek Murthy was no real friend of vaping. No real friend of vaping. Um, now, the Surgeon General's role is mostly, I feel, and from what I can read, um, sort of, uh, God damn it, I can't think of the right word. I can't think of the right word. Spokesperson-y? It feels that way right. to me. I'm sure he's got like technical responsibilities, but he's like America's doctor. Very, he yeah, tells us what we should probably be doing. Yeah, very, uh, very spokesperson-y, as I would say. Spokesperson-y. That's not to mean that they don't have, you know, real responsibilities. As I've learned today, I didn't know this, but uh, the Surgeon General um, is the head of of another United States uniformed service called the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps. 
Did you, have you ever heard about this? I have not. This is this was surprising and shocking. It's a military to me. branch? Uh, I, it doesn't say military. It just okay. says uniformed service. But they're oh, interesting. But the, the the you know the uniform that Surgeon General wears is the uniform of the USPHS. Like a... So it's military-ish oh. looking, but it's I not. Never about that yeah it's not military yeah, Jerome is always dressed up like a colonel. always it never yeah. really occurred to me but he is actually. he is a general he is a surgeon yeah, he's, general he's you know dressed a general right why did i say colonel i don't know he's general chicken. <laughs> the general yeah i never of the, it never occurred to me to wonder why he's always in nope. like military garb had no I was idea just like, that's how you dress okay mm -hmm. I guess that's how the Surgeon General dresses. But really, he is the head of this organization within the United States called the USPAS, which is the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps. And what this does is apparently this division of the United States, this uniformed service, is like 6,000 people that all uniform up and... It's kind of military-ish, like they're supposed to respond to things, you know, like like COVID or diseases or things, and they're and they're and they're supposed to be deployed by the Surgeon General to go into like hotspots like this and help. There's six thousand of these officers in the USPHS. I just learned about this government organization today. Interesting. And it's not super surprising to me that there's way more government, uh, you know, services and groups than I ever knew about just because, you know, hashtag government bureaucracy. But I was really surprised yeah, by this. And I spent most of today reading all about the USPHS oh. and what they do. Here's a little blurb that says they're an elite blurb. team of highly qualified uh, public health professionals who are yeah. on call 24 hours a day in essential leadership and clinical service roles throughout the federal government. It's like the A-team of health that's part of the government. Interesting. It's a weird, it's a weird organization. And what's weird is thinking back like over the years, okay, I'm not surprised that I'd never heard of this organization ever in all of my years of public school. Not surprised by that. And I'm not surprised that it took me till now to discover that this was actually like actually a thing. But it's and it's only because I've never heard of this before. I've never seen them get deployed. Have you ever seen the Surgeon General go, okay, USPHS, let's suit up and whatever. Charge. Go go be public health and something. Yeah. I, I, do they are they armed? I wonder if they get if they get like a sidearm or anything. I like bet that. a prob's not. Pro I doubt it. Yeah, prob's not. But so Vivek they're Murphy. They're probably like because my dad was a doctor and my mom was a nurse in the Air Force and mm -hmm. they didn't have any kind of you know anything. They were just in the Air Force, but they're non-fighty people. You right, non-fighty so people. They didn't even get any yeah. self-defense. Like they didn't get like a taser. Huh? Nope. A Nothing. knife. No. They just had to wear a uniform and then they did doctor things. What about a uniform? really strong rubber band like? You know, self-defense. Nothing. No rubber bands. Dang. None. Oh, that's rough. It's a rough life to live. No sidearms. But he was a surgeon, so he probably had scalpels. So. Ooh, yeah, scalpels. He can get in there and do some damage with a scalpel. <laughs> Vivek Murphy was our Surgeon General, and Joe Biden's bringing him back. It's like Vivek Murphy round two. It's like we're getting Obama light. You know, instead of 
dropping 150,000 bombs in foreign countries, he'll drop like, you know, 40, 40. 40 <laughs> maybe 40, maybe 50,000 bombs in, uh, in foreign countries, you know, weddings and schools and things like that. But Obama was a big fan of that. <laughs> and now we're getting Vivek Murthy round two, baby. And Vivek Murthy was not a friend of vaping. Vivek Murthy was not a friend of the vape industry in any capacity. I tracked down this article from the San Diego Tribune that is uh, the big headline on it says Trump pleases e-cigarette users by firing anti-vaping surgeon general Vivek Murthy. So we were we were stoked. You know, it's whatever. I, I remember we were celebrating a little bit. Celebrating just a little bit. Vivek Murthy was staunchly, firmly anti-vaping. And when he was getting fired, it was one of those like, oh, shit. Trump might. Dang. Trump just fired the biggest anti-vaping surgeon general, you know, it would, that exists. And, and people were celebrating. And I was celebrating. And I remember 2017 when there was no more Vivek Murthy. And it was the same sort of like clean slate feeling. Like, all right, who, who you got next? Like, who you we, and then we got we Jerome. Got, we got, yeah, and then we got Jerome, right. So we went from a Obama-era, you know, Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, anti-vaping Surgeon General. We got to the Trump era where people thought, well, oh, Trump, this is Trump being generous, you know, to vaping and e-cigarettes, and he's getting rid of Vivek Murthy. And we all kind of went, well, shit, this might be a thing. And then we got Jerome Adams who was arguably bigger of an anti-vaping person than Vivek Murthy was. (laughs) Definitely more vocal, for sure. Very vocal about it. Very vocal about it. So we went from Vivek Murthy with Obama, an anti-vapor, and then we got Jerome Adams with Trump, who's also an anti-vapor, and now we're back to Biden with Vivek Murthy, who's an anti-vapor. So really, again... I don't feel like this is a good or a bad thing. Feels like a lateral move. And I yeah. look at it as like, okay, here's someone else that we're going to get to educate Yep. again. And in 2017, Twitter, attack. yeah, Twitter go. People were, uh, people were stoked. Uh, the San Diego union tribune actually, uh, posted some tweets that people that I know tweeted out follow, uh, brave advocates over there on Twitter. You know, the, the brave advocate, mm-hmm. the green, Brave advocate, uh, why was Surgeon General Vivek Murthy fired? His anti-e-cigarette rhetoric finally did him in. People were celebrating. He was so anti-vaping, so anti-e-cigs, so very, very, like, prohibitionist. And we were all excited when he was gone. And then we got Jerome Adams, and we had to deal with Jerome Adams for four years. And now it's like, I'm going to miss Jerome Adams. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm not. I mean, I'm going to miss Jerome Adams. I'm going to miss his, you know, for the most part, he was like a a, a mostly like a warm person. He tweeted about like family life and his kids and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I really feel like Jerome Adams at his core is just like this really genuinely nice dude. And I wish we could have had more time to like win him over. You know, I feel like we could have won Jerome Adams over. Well, now it's like, are are you better off with Jerome Adams, the new guy, or are you better off with the devil you know, which is Vivek Murthy, where we know exactly where he stands, exactly where he stands. In fact, here's the tweet. 
Vivek Murthy tweeted out this uh, earlier today. I forgot to show you the fun graphics, but he says, I'm honored. And what does he say? I never dreamed I'd have the honor once again to serve as Surgeon General in this moment of crisis. I am grateful for the opportunity to help end this pandemic, be a voice for science, support our nation in its path to rebuilding and healing. He said it. He said the science word. He said the S word. That's what we have. Thankfully, mm-hmm. Vivek Murthy, we have mountains of it. We have so much science, Vivek Murthy. It's insane. And when I talk about getting people up to speed, I feel like Vivek Murthy is someone we're going to need to get up to speed. I feel like he's been out of the game for a while. And now we can kind of go, here, here's everything that's changed here. Here. Yeah. It's not right? just like, Jewel you anymore. Not, you know, not, we have a lot more science than we did back <laughs> yeah. then. Like, sir, we, there's new Loads. stuff now. Have you looked? Yeah. Have you seen this? Loads. We got loads more science now, Vivek. And so, again, I don't see this as like a positive thing. I don't necessarily see this as like a negative thing. It's just the Surgeon General at the end of the day. Like, that's how I kind of look at it. He doesn't have any real power other than the power to be on television and influence American citizens because he's seen as like this pillar of, Science and, and health. Yeah, exactly. The nation's doctor. So that's where his influence comes from, is being that spokesperson, being that assumedly trusted, trustworthy, scientific, forward-thinking doctor of America. That's his responsibility, is to get on the news and tell people that, you know. Heart disease is heart, a problem. <laughs> heart disease is a problem, or that vaping causes uh vaping causes covid and things like this so i'm interested to see where vivek murthy is going to land on this as i said vaping isn't a top priority uh at all right now in the united states it's just not there's just no way around it we have covid going on and until covid gets under control or until this vaccine gets out there and we can actually start moving past covid covid is going to be the hot topic uh, you know, of the news cycles yeah. for the foreseeable future. That's right. all. That's all Vivek Murthy's even really being brought in to do is to like head up this coronavirus, you know, sort of task force type right, of thing. Right. Task force. Um, what was this? What did I have here? Oh, Vivek. Yeah, this is the headline. Vivek. Uh, and so this is going back in time. I went and back and did a little bit of research on uh, on our friend Vivek Murthy. And in 2016, this was the headline on CBS News, Surgeon General e-cigarettes, a growing health threat to the nation's youth. He was, uh, I don't know, like predicting the youth vaping epidemic before they announced a youth vaping epidemic. In 2016, he was talking about uh, youth vaping rates, which... I think I asked you this earlier. Mm-hmm. What were the youth vaping rates in 2016? This is just curious information. Yeah, yeah. Just curious. You know, I'm just Let's, curious. Right, right. Let me. Of course, I closed my tab. I'm like you. I can't you closed the tab. Oh, no. All your information's gone. All your information's All right. gone. I've got it. Um, so it's interesting. So you said he declared that in 2016. Yeah, in 16, he said it was a, uh, you know, emerging health uh, health threat to our nation's youth. 
Okay, so if we look at e-cigarettes, in 2000, whoops, that's cigarettes. <laughs> nope. So strangely, in 2016, vaping, now this is for high school because middle school is eh, um, it was 11.3% at the you know current use, which is at mm -hmm. least once in the last 30 days. Yep. But it had actually dropped from 16% in 2015. So he waited until the numbers dropped to then say that we had an issue. And then in 2017, there wasn't really a change. No. It was 11.3 and then 11.7. That's not really, you know, a, but a 2017 really is the year we got the epidemic, though. Right. Cause, because uh, Scott Gottlieb had seen the 2018 teaser numbers mm -hmm. because in 2018 we jumped up to 20.8 percent so that's what caused that yeah yep that's what, yeah and so i think if i'm if i'm doing numbers properly yeah i ha i thought i had uh i thought i had some uh hang on i gotta nope i don't okay i thought i did <laughs> i thought i did turns out i don't i thought i had some uh some data on the I can picture the chart in my head. I, can, I don't want to do that. I don't want to picture the chart in my head. I'd rather just look at the chart and see the actual uh, youth vaping numbers. What's most interesting to me about Vivek Murthy and 2017 was this, this, this hype started building in 2015 and 2016 around youth vaping. You know, it had become, it's becoming this major health, you know, national crisis type of thing. And things were kind of coming to a head, you know, with HHS and Vivek Murthy and all this stuff. And then 2017 happens, Trump becomes president, and Vivek Murthy's gone. And Scott Gottlieb is coming into the position of the FDA. And myself, I'm assuming a lot of vapors, kind of went, oh, holy shit, this is all really good news. Our anti-vaping surgeon general is gone. We've got a new head of the FDA who's familiar with vaping, who used to work for or be a part of a, an actual vape company that he had to like recuse himself of before he took this position. So in 2017, my spirits were high. I was riding high. I'm thinking no more Vivek Murthy, Scott Gottlieb. He's going to regulate vaping. And here we go. Let's, let's convert every smoker possible. And then 2017 just became epidemic. Vape epidemic, epidemic, epidemic. Yeah, I actually have a little timeline. I was just looking for it, and I found it. Let's okay, look at it. So Let's look at this timeline. Scott Gottlieb did nothing to help vaping. Vivek Murthy did nothing to help vaping. It's okay. okay this is so how we change gonna, minds. Yeah. What do you got? So we've got 2015 is when Juul enters the market. Can you share Not your screen? Lot. Is that possible? Oh, is that Do you want to? This Close like all your embarrassing tabs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should do that. <laughs> Hang on. Close That's your embarrassing stuff. tabs and any like top secret tabs. You know, you're working on that Casa behind the scenes. You know. Let's see if this is going to work. We're going to try and experiment, kids. Can I share this Zoom window? Up, oh, host disabled attendee screen sharing. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, no, a I disabled screen sharing. Okay. Well, to... maybe I don't have time to dig into this right now. I can just read just, it real quick. Yeah, but, sure. Um, so in 2017, we have anti-vaping campaigns increase nationwide mm -hmm. with Senator Chuck Schumer accusing Juul of increasing youth e-cig usage. And from my 
from what I remember, that started happening in like the fall of 2017. Yeah. And then in 2018, all of a sudden we had nationwide, you know, media coverage of youth vaping. Uh, FDA commissioner accuses Juul of marketing to children. Yeah. And in 2018 is when they declared the youth vaping epidemic. Yeah. So it started ramping up at the end of 2017. And I remember this very vividly. Like Chuck Schumer was like, lots of kids are using Juul in wherever he's the senator of, because I can't remember. Is it New York or somewhere like that? I can't Schumer? remember. Schumer? I don't know. I'll um, Google it. It was his, it was like a local thing in his area. And they were like, oh, kids are using Juul. And then it started showing up on the media. And that's when you started getting all these kids on YouTube and like mm -hmm. all this stuff doing, you know, all these different people yeah. doing vape stuff. And well, then it became a whole media frenzy of like, all the kids, all the kids, all the kids, all the kids. Yep. And then they did, you know, cause the media was basically saying, kids, all your friends are doing it. Yeah. And so then right after that, they do the National Youth Tobacco vape, Survey, vape, right? Cause it's vape, always done vape. in the spring. Yep. And then all of a sudden in the fall in 2018, we have the data from that survey done earlier in the year and youth vaping has spiked from 11% to 20%. And there was all that manufactured media coverage in between there. Yep. Hyping up that's those kids, real, getting them that's vaping. That's real interesting. Real interesting. Because that's real. a pretty big jump, right? So, yeah, that Going is a huge jump. 11.7% to 20%. Sure. I mean, it, it is a big jump. It's a big, it's kind of, I mean, I wouldn't use the word alarming, but it is a big jump. None of those people though, zero of those kids are went, went on to smoke cigarettes though. Not that, no, because all the cigarette smoking numbers have been doing is going down, down, yeah. down. All continuously. Yes. Continuously. I I personally, my personal hypothesis is that youth vaping got big because the media covered it and they were saying, kids, all your friends are vaping. And so kids were like, yep. if all my friends are vaping, yeah. I should try vaping. I remember that. All that's all it was. Everybody's vaping. Yep. Everybody you know is vaping. All your friends are vaping. All the cool kids are vaping, but don't do it. Don't do it though. Yeah, don't do it. But, but everyone's doing it. In your bathrooms, do it. they're doing it. They're, they're telling do you it, where. But everybody's doing they're it. telling you what products they're doing it with. Yeah, they're, they're telling basically you telling you how to do it. <laughs> but don't do it. But, <laughs> but, don't, don't, but don't actually do it. But don't actually do it. See, I have this memory in my head that I don't, that now I'm thinking might be a fake memory. And mm. I, it's because I keep thinking of like the youth vaping epidemic. Like when did that terminology really grab on strong and I fall of 2018. See, fall of 2018. But I have a very vivid memory of sitting in my office in mm -hmm. San Diego in mm -hmm. 2016. And 16? And talking about and saying the words epidemic, like asking. I, I remember going on this soapbox rant about prove the epidemic, prove the epidemic. I don't want the word epidemic to just keep getting thrown around. And the more you hear it, the more you think it's real. And I would continuously vlog after vlog after vlog, ask Scott Gottlieb to prove the epidemic. That I'm that. Has and I feel like it was a lot earlier than 2018. Maybe I when when Scott, I remember. See, here's my memories. Okay. So my mom was actually visiting me from mm -hmm. Boston when that paper or press release from the FDA came out by Scott Gottlieb calling it an epidemic for the very first time. And I made, right. do you remember, a like lightly viral uh, Instagram graph that everybody reshared that said, does this look like an epidemic to you? And I showed the youth vaping numbers 
Yes. At, up to 2017. And that's because it was in 2018. And Damn. he was looking at the NYTS yeah. that they had not published yet. Yeah. So that remember how I told you they always do a teaser ahead of time before they actually put the data yep. out? Before you get he, anything. The epidemic, that was the teaser for 2018. And so that's when I'm, I promise you, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure it was Oh, I believe, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. I just have... Uh, Apparently, I just make things up in my head. I'm like, no, I was definitely in, in San Diego because that all happened when I was in L.A. Interesting. Vivek I have a friend Murphy. who made up an entire ski trip memory in his mind. That, <laughs> that his parents had to tell him about like years later. They're like, you never went skiing. I feel what are you like talking about? I, I would happens. much rather have a fun made up memory of like a fake fun ski trip, you know, than like. I have this memory of Scott Gottlieb declaring a youth vaping epidemic. Like of all the dumb made up memories I can have in my head, that's the one. Scott yeah. Gottlieb and his prove the epidemic. Hashtag prove the epidemic. Prove the epidemic. 99% sure it was 2018. So, okay. So we're leaving it 2018 vaping epidemic. That's where we're at. Vivek Murthy's back. He's an anti-vaping, anti-nicotine pro-science <laughs> surgeon general uh, future surgeon general of the united states um if he says confirmed. it's confirmed it's confirmed if, okay if confirmed. if confirmed okay if confirmed he says i traveled around the country and many young people and many adults don't recognize that e-cigarettes are not harmless they think these are not tobacco products and that they are benign water vapor but we know nicotine has harmful effects on the brain we're issuing this report now to draw people's attention to the scale of this problem. He just made it sound like the sun was going to explode. The yeah. scale of this nicotine problem. There is a nicotine like meteor There's heading a for <laughs> Earth. It is like yes. planet killing capacity. It's the coming for us. <laughs> the nicotine Someone meteor. Bruce Willis and a drilling it's just team. Pure, I don't know. It's just pure nicotine. It's just a pure Heading straight nicotine. For <laughs> uh, and then so closing before I want to debunk some Google stuff in the last half hour of the stream here. Um, I'm going to leave this here. Yes, Vivek Murthy, if confirmed, he's coming back to be our Surgeon General. What does this mean for us? Eh, not much. It's a lateral move. He wasn't a vape believer before. Jerome Adams wasn't a vape believer. And now we're back to Vivek Murthy from the Obama administration also being not a vape believer. But they do claim to be men of science. And Vivek Murthy, we are going to hold you to that. Me, personally, I will hold you to that. Uh, I'm sure everybody here in the chat, a few hundred people watching today will hold you to that. I'm sure all the, the, the millions of vape advocates uh you know across social media will hold you to that and i and you know i said this about javier as well but i don't know that vivek murthy has any idea of the radicalized vape community like tweeting at him <laughs> or calling his office or emailing him incessantly with science papers I don't know if he knows what to expect. I don't know if he's, he's going to see it coming. He's been out of the game for a while. He's been so. out of the game for a while. I don't know if, you know, there's some like transition with him and Jerome Adams, you know, where they're oh, going to yeah, go. I'm sure. 
Yeah, sure. sure. Transition, right? Transition. Yeah. Maybe yeah, Jerome yeah, yeah. Adams will put it in his ear. You know, <laughs> be like careful of yeah. the vapors watch on out, Twitter. Watch out for the vapors on Twitter. Watch out for the vapors on Twitter. A lot's coming your way, Vivek Murthy, especially, and this isn't, you know, I'm not a threatening guy. I'm not here to threaten you, but especially, 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 especially if you start going after nicotine vaping, I can't, I mean, I can't be held responsible for millions of radicalized vapors all tweeting at you all at the same time. It's just the thing that's going to happen. It's just the thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the Viking Vapor Super Chat. This Viking lives in Norway. All right, you Norwegian Viking Vapor, you son of a bitch. Thank you for being here. Uh, Dimmy Knight, happy to be a cool kid now. Woo, thoughts on participating in research studies for vaping? Uh, do you think it would provide more evidence of harm reduction? Yes, it can only, it can only provide more evidence of harm reduction. It can't provide I don't think it can actually provide anything else. If you're a vapor and you were a smoker and you'd be part of a study, it's only going to be useful evidence. It's only going to uh, it's only going to be positive for harm reduction. There's no way around it. There's just no way around it. And that's the thing. They're going to pick and they're going to nitpick all these tiny little things and we can't let them get away with that shit. And nope. they still do it to this day. Yep. In spite of all of the evidence, they still have this Oh, well, you know, we uh, duplicated Ivali in rodent lungs by pummeling them with carcinogens for six hours straight. So vaping, you know. <laughs> All bad, man. <laughs> All bad. Because the bad. mice said so. Because the mice said so. You know, mice are anti-human testing. Did you know that? Did you see them in that commercial? They totally said so. <laughs> they I mean, totally said so. We literally heard them tell us from their own tiny mouse mouths. Yeah, they're against uh, human testing, human vaping testing. <laughs> they had signs. They did. They had cute little, cute little mouse, orange mouse signs. And they did look like ridiculous you know, they were in prison with that orange outfit but i mean look truth no judgment to anybody in prison but truth, it was just, it's an odd color truth initiative orange is that prison orange jumpsuit it, color it is it a hundred percent is i mean i never really noticed that before all right so boom we got 30 minutes left i love where we're at right now so let me tell you the backstory as to why i want to fact check google a little bit and it's because Last week after Tuesday Bro News Day, I had this idea like, let's just spend next week completely ragging on Bloomberg. Like, I I dislike him so tremendously. He's just that like creepy old Mr. Burns trying to like buy influence with his money and succeeding in buying influence with his money. And he does it. He does it purely for selfish reasons, purely for selfish reasons. It's not that he wants the people of Philippines, you know, the people of the Philippines to have this really great, you know, Bloomberg World Health Organization, you know, public health uh, program. It's that he wants his public health program to be their public health program. He doesn't want them to have the best. He wants them to have his. And he's just selfish. And everything he does is for himself. He wants, he wants to control you. And I got on this big like tear, like how much I dislike Bloomberg. So I started researching, you know, I'm trying to pull whatever 
articles and research and whatever I can find, uh, you know, from back in his uh, Republican New York mayor days where he tried to, you know, ban large sodas and everyone called him the nanny and everyone was really anti Bloomberg and it felt real good for a while until people start liking him again. And then you realize, oh, he can just buy the vaping industry. <laughs> like that's essentially what he's trying to accomplish. So long story short, it's too late. I started Googling and when I Googled, all I was looking for was this. This is all I was looking for. The Bloomberg Philanthropies press release saying where he is launching a new $160 million program to end the youth e-cigarette epidemic. Look at this. Tobacco use. It's terrifying. These charts, terrifying. Campaign for tobacco for kids is down here at the bottom. Everything he wants to do, remove flavored cigarettes from the market, e-cigarettes from the marketplace. This is all I was looking for, right? But what I found you know those Google questions that, that pop up on your search results? Kind of no matter what you search for, they always have those people also ask. It's these right here. People also ask, right? So all I did was Google search Bloomberg 160 million to fight vaping, right? That was my search criteria. And what Google populated for me was people also ask, how many lungs have collapsed from vaping? Can vaping make your lungs collapse? What does vaping do to lungs? Which is worse for your lungs, cigarettes or vaping? And spoiler alert, none of the answers to these questions are the right answers to these questions at all in any capacity. Searching for Bloomberg is the only way that I found anybody asking about collapsed lungs from vaping. I tried Googling other things like this. I said, will juuling kill me? That's what I Googled. Will juuling kill me? People also ask, can you die from juuling once? All of these answers are the, uh, well, they're all the correct, they're all the incorrect answers as well. Because if you Google, can you die from juuling once? Google says, Higher doses of nicotine can cause blood pressure and heart rate to go up higher. This can lead to an abnormal heart rate, and in rare cases, this can cause heart failure or death. Over time, nicotine can lead to medical problems. Is any of that real? I mean, look, it's obviously real because it exists on the internet, but how accurate is this information and how accurately are they presenting it here? That's what I'm questioning Google about. Can you die from juuling once? Now look, I've used these. Have you ever used those? People also ask things. You ask a question and you just keep reading. When I was uh, when I was going through my phase of where I thought I was dying, you know, I thought I had uh, throat cancer for a really long time and I would use Google constantly to Google my symptoms, which is something you're not ever supposed to do, but I do it anyway. Nope. Nope. nope, don't do it. But I did it. No, nope. I went down the rabbit hole and I use those people also ask for like legitimate medical things. And I'm expecting those to be uh, accurate. I mean, I feel like that's not too much to ask for on the Internet to Google information and get accurate information back. I feel like that's not too much to ask. And I think back about all the times I use the people also ask thing wondering 
what else did I read off of these that wasn't very accurate? Is it just vaping? Is it vaping and other stuff? Is it, you know, if you Google what are the signs of cancer, what are you going to get? Are you going to get good, real information? Or are you going to get things like this where it says, how many lungs have collapsed from vaping? Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have reported 450 cases of possible vaping-related lung illnesses. Holy shit, look at that. Six people have died, but experts still can't explain what's happening. Symptoms of vaping-related lung illnesses include shortness of breath, fever, nausea, gastrointestinal issues, and weight loss. So if you were genuinely interested in lungs collapsing from vaping and you Googled it and you got this answer, you would just go, okay, vaping causes lungs to collapse. There's been 450 cases of vaping causing lungs to, re- lungs to collapse. And now this person, they feel like they've done their research. And when asked at a future time, what are the issues with vaping? Lungs collapse. When in reality, nothing, nothing about this is accurate. Nope. Nothing about that is accurate. A, they're talking about Evoli, which doesn't have anything to do with nicotine vaping. But they did that on purpose, you know? They did that on purpose. They they shoehorned vaping in there when it didn't need to be in there just so that from here to eternity, vaping is forever cemented in history with Evoli. You, yep. you cannot separate vaping and Evoli. Nope. And that's where the majority of these like misinformation, you know, I don't even know what to call it, misinformed answers. So the first one's pretty easy. We're going to play a little game here where we're going to discredit or refute things that pop up on Google, right? We're going to keep looking through these because when you open one of these things, I'll I'll show you. When you open one, uh, it shows you more. So if I open, can vaping make your lungs collapse? It, It fills up some things at the bottom. Is vaping without nicotine bad for you? How much vape is too much vape? How can I clean my lungs? Can your lungs heal? So based on what you click on, it continuously gives you like new relevant information, you know, and this is just the tech company. Like, I feel like I can't blame Google for this because a a tech company like Google, their sole mission is to just serve you things that you want. Here, click again, click again, click again, click again. Here's more. Click again, click again, click again. They're not super concerned with getting you the most accurate information all of this information is i'm assuming i tried reading into it and it's just super hyper confusing because it's custom tailored to the individual on the browser what you have searched for in the past uh your browsing habits so it might not be the same i know futhless how much vape is too much vape (laughs) it also has to do and i i know this because when redoing the casa website i worked with an seo expert and so it also has to do with being sort of an authority on something. Yes. And so websites can become an authority on something based solely on how many people link to them. Mm-hmm. So in because Google, the employees at Google, right, are not looking through every website on the Internet going, nope. this is truthful. This is not they're not doing that. They're relying on the fact that, you know, 800,000 people are linking to the Mayo Clinic. Therefore, the Mayo Clinic right. is an authority, authority. on health-related issues. Yes. And it even goes so far as to look and see 
what content is being linked. So like if you if I put a link on the Kasa website and it says, you know, a study about Ivali and I hyperlink that text. Google reads that like it's a little yep. computer person and yep. it reads like, oh, a study about and then it's taking you here like it. That's how the algorithm works. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't really know it's going off of what the majority of everybody does, essentially. Yes, that's that's part. So you can be an authority, but that doesn't mean you're correct. It just means everybody else thinks you're correct. Google, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Google is like going, well, if, if that's what everybody that else is, is doing. Yep. Oh. And I mean, that's kind of how it works. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that that is kind of how it works. I was able to replicate these for me specifically. If you Google for something else, I'm not sure what will come up for you. The second one right underneath that, this one upset me the freaking most. Whoops. That's just Danielle. Can vaping make your lungs collapse? So we talked about collapsed lungs from vaping, but look at this. Like, how do you argue with this? John Hopkins medicine. Mm -hmm. I feel like a crazy person trying to discredit John Hopkins medicine. That, I don't know how to not feel like a crazy person, but this upset me beyond repair because you can click this link and you can go to the John Hopkins. And I think I've mentioned this on Tuesday, Broad Newsday in the past. What does vaping do to your lungs? Stephen MD wrote this. What happens when you vape? Chemicals, diacetyl, formaldehyde, acrolein, how vaping can affect your popcorn lung. Also, popcorn when was it lung? written though? Check the date. When was it written? Uh, looks like I don't know. Uh, it might be at the top. I do not see it literally anywhere. Oh, bummer. Cause that's a lot Maybe of it too. Like bottom. sometimes it'll be an old resource. You know what I mean? From like 2016 and like, yeah. that's what they thought in 2016. That's what they right? thought. I know. And then, the, but then there's no, there's no updates. There's no, uh, previously we said that there was right. diacetyl in e-liquid. Right. It turns out that there, there is actually no diacetyl in any e-liquid. Oh, before we said there was formaldehyde, uh, when really the formaldehyde that you exhale is similar to the formaldehyde that's naturally just hanging in the air in your house on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not any higher than what you would exhale normally. So it's like, it's technically the truth but not technically the truth. And they're talking about lungs collapse. Popcorn lung. John Hopkins medicine is popcorn lung vaping related lipoid pneumonia. That's Ivali, but they decided to call it vaping related lipoid pneumonia. Vaping related because fucking you got to slip vaping in there somehow. Unlike the classic pneumonia caused by infection, lipoid pneumonia develops when fatty acids enter the lungs. Vaping-related lipoid pneumonia is the result of inhaling oily substances found in e-liquid. Wait, what is that acronym? Vaping-related VRLA? No, VRLP. 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 That's not... They made that shit up. They made that shit up. People Nobody uses that. People were going that. with... If you said Vapi or if you said Ivali, I would give you some, because Vapi was the first version, right? Mm -hmm. V-A-P-I. Because they the, wanted it to sound like vaping. Right. Exactly. That's why. But the Ivali is almost worse because that's e-cig and. So they literally call it, because e-cigarette is a term specifically for nicotine vaping. Yep. At least if you say vaping, 
just generally that could include like cannabis vaping or thc vaping so i actually read some stuff where people were like we actually prefer vapi because that was at least more general but either of those were actually used whatever that is that is not no that's not a thing that nobody used that no and did you know that vaping related lipoid pneumonia aka vapi aka evali is because you inhale oily substances in your e-liquid that's one that's 800 percent wrong that couldn't be more wrong those are the wrong words right there and this is from john hopkins so again if you're a person just looking for vape information and you happen to land on a very well established authority trusted public health of john hopkins medicine you're going to see that they say that Ivali is called vaping related lipoid pneumonia and it comes from your e-liquid your e-liquid yeah kristen noel marsh you didn't know that <laughs> you didn't know you had oil in your e-liquid john hopkins medicine knew about it and this is what people come across when they search for vaping it drives me mean so obviously this isn't there's not much to rebuke here we can it's pretty easily when you think about the fact that they're talking about Ivali. they're also bringing up popcorn lung which do you even have to discredit popcorn lung at this point i mean it's so dumb i know but there's been no vapors who have ever gotten popcorn lung there's been no smokers that have ever got popcorn nope. lung. It was only those dudes in the popcorn factory. It was only was the it. dudes in the popcorn factory that got popcorn lung from being exposed, you know, constantly so the inhaling powdered. the powdered diacetyl. Right. But they're still hanging in there with popcorn lung. How long oh, yeah. do you think before popcorn lung finally like falls by the wayside? Like, all right, let's, you guys, let's it, not use that. It's so catchy. Anymore. I think it they is. just like it too much. Popcorn yeah. lung. Popcorn lung. People go, oh, and it sticks in your brain. You know, you hear popcorn lung once and yeah. you go, oh, yeah. popcorn lung. That's in vaping. I know yeah. it for sure. So there's mm-hmm. nothing really, I guess, to can vaping cause lung cancer? Uh, cancer is definitely a concern, according to Johns Hopkins, given that vaping introduces a host of chemicals into your lungs. But vaping products haven't been around long enough for us to learn whether or not they cause cancer. We do know that smoking tobacco forces tiny particles to be deposited deep in the bronchial tree and can lead to development of cancer. The same might be true for vaping. John Hopkins. So many mites. So many mites. So many maybes. Possibly... Uh, we call those uh, we call those weasel words. Do you remember mm-hmm. weasel weasel words? I'm bringing yep. weasel words back. Do, all Do you it. find when you're going through anti vape stuff is just weasel words. And what weasel words are for anybody? I'm gonna, we're, let's read the Wikipedia definition of a weasel word. I want everyone to get educated. You, you with me, Rising Phoenix? Weasel words. Ready? A weasel word or anonymous authority. Right. It's a phrase aimed at creating the impression that something specific and meaningful has been said when, in fact, only vague or ambiguous claims have been communicated. Yep. Perfect example of a weasel word, some people say. Oh, mm-hmm. how often mm-hmm. do you hear that? How often do you hear uh, most people think? Mm-hmm. How often do you hear researchers believe? That's a weasel word. Don't put up with researchers believe bullshit. That is a weasel word. Weasel words are everywhere 
and they make me insane and they're ripe on this John Hopkins medicine. Ripe with it. So keep an eye out. Weasel words. Weasel words. Dire wanna... Thing brought something up about Hopkins. What does Dire He's Thing have to a... say about Hopkins? He said, quote, more than half of Hopkins' voluntary funding total came from a single alumni donor. Businessman, philanthropist, and 2020 presidential hopeful Michael Bloomberg. No shit. I've known Hopkins has had some funding. Like I've looked at some of their other studies and it comes from like, you know. Right. Wow. I wouldn't necessarily call them objective when it comes to vaping stuff. There's there's yeah. a lot of funding stuff there. Well, and I mean, you know, and we can know that and and remember that and go, okay, John Hopkins, let's take that with the, the you know, the validity that it deserves. Right. But you're not going to get that to 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 anybody else. No, ask They're just going to be like, "Oh, John Hopkins." One yeah, yeah 100% of the people you ask will say, "Oh, John Hopkins." Oh, yeah. Very, very well-respected authority, uh, very scientific. It's John Hopkins medicine. You know, it's John Hopkins. You wouldn't go again. And here I am, just some fucking guy on YouTube in a flannel shirt going, John Hopkins is lying? Not necessarily lying, but they're not giving you the truth, and they're funded from Bloomberg who wants to control your life anyway. Yep. You sound like yeah, a crazy person. It's rough. <laughs> and the hard part is Johns Hopkins may be totally fine on heart disease or mm -hmm. cancer. Exactly. Or, you know... That's the problem. Exactly. It's not an it's not an all or nothing game, right? Like right. I do still listen to the CDC when it comes to coronavirus recommendations, Absolutely. infectious disease recommendations, Absolutely. or how to not get Ebola. I do still listen to them on that because that's like what they were. That's their core stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. When it 100%. comes to like social and behavioral, you know, health yeah. issues, eh, stuff gets dicey then. Stuff so then gets I'm dicey. Like, well, and you know, you know I wish. You know, I wouldn't say I would never say I, I I wish I didn't know about vaping, but ever since vaping has existed in my life, my worldview of reality has completely changed because we know truths, yeah. right? Truths about yeah. nicotine, truths about these products, how effective they are, the, you know, the safety of them, the, the you know, nicotine and the science behind that. And if it wasn't for vaping, I wouldn't have ever looked as critically as I do at public health organizations like the CDC or like right. John Hopkins. Right. I would have Or like I would have the never. American Lung Association. Yeah, the American or the Lung American Association. Association. Yep. Yeah. I would have never. No. I would have said, "What? The American Lung Association? What are you kidding? It's the American Lung Association." Yeah. They're a trusted, they so. established public health organization. Of course I believe what they have to say. And if it wasn't for vaping, I probably still would believe what they have to say. But now there's this like bug in your mm -hmm. ear where you kind of mm -hmm. you, you you put on these like skeptical glasses of everything I read now. Yep. I can't trust anything. Mm -mm. All because of vaping. All because of vaping. You get sucked into this like real life conspiracy, basically. I know it feels like a real life conspiracy, except it's not. Um, uh, let's. Can we answer how much vape is too should much we answer vape? Some of these? Yeah, I was gonna say we should probably answer some of these. Uh, is vaping without nicotine bad for you? Is it? Well, this is this comes from Reuters. This answer comes from Reuters. Nicotine-free e-liquids have generally been considered safe. However, the impact of flavoring chemicals, especially on immune cells, has not been widely researched. Uh, this study shows that even though flavoring compounds are considered safe for ingestion. They're not considered safe 
for inhalation. I, I don't I don't have any science on flavorings and flavoring compounds. They're, I have nothing they're to not a hundred percent wrong. On, like nothing that they've said there is technically yeah, inaccurate. I feel like to it, be fair, that is not accurate. No, you know, I that's not the worst response I've ever seen. Like it's mm-hmm. true the gra- grass uh, rating that generally regarded as safe type thing. Yeah, that is for ingestion. Yeah, not ingestion only. Ingestion. Right. So they're not wrong, and you they're know, I I would think that it's kind of common sense that like. If you've never smoked and you don't do any of these things, yeah. like, there's not really a good reason for you to pick up vaping. And like, yes. is vaping as safe as breathing like normal, fresh, clean air, not polluted, but fresh, clean air? No, it's not. No. Like, I- ideally, we wouldn't do any of these things, you know? So, right. By In an ideal world. <laughs> right. If you're not a smoker, it's a different conversation that we're having about regular people picking up vaping versus smokers switching to vaping like those are two different topics yeah two very different topics very different topics excellent point i want to read this one does does the jewel cause popcorn lung i'll try to get it up on the screen here uh does the jewel cause popcorn lung a study published in 2015 reported that more than 90 percent of e-cigarettes tested contained either diacetyl or two to three pentadione Another harmful chemical known to cause popcorn lungs. This means if you vape, you're possibly inhaling substances that can cause popcorn lung. So all that, the weasel words. All the so many weasel words. All the weasel so words. many weasel. A uh, study. Okay, so many weasel words. A and okay. Look, I'll give them this. In 2015, there probably was a lot of e-liquids that had diacetyl yeah. in them. 100. percent 100. percent That definitely had diacetyl. Now, mm-hmm. that's not true anymore. No. That's not true anymore. And even if the e-liquids did have diacetyl in them, that diacetyl in that e-liquid, that ain't causing popcorn lung. I don't care how you spin it. No. no vapor has ever contracted popcorn lung. No smoker has ever contracted popcorn lung. Nope. Again, it was literally just the workers in the popcorn factory inhaling the diacetyl dust right. with popcorn lung. And cigarettes um, have like something like a hundred times more. Yeah, uh, way more. Diacetyl. I always Warmer. call it diacetyl. Uh, oh. In cigarettes, I don't know which one is right. I don't really diacetyl. care either. Diacetyl. The D thing. Um, the D- yeah, cigarettes have like the a D crazy th- amount more, and they've yeah. never diagnosed crazy a amounts more. With it. Crazy so. amounts more. How many cigarettes? Uh, now let's see. How many puffs a day is normal for vaping? I don't want to do that. Oh, let's see what this says. Is it okay to vape once in a while? I don't know. I mean, is it okay w- to vape once in a while? Vaping just once, even when it doesn't contain nicotine or THC, can damage a person's blood vessels, according oh, to a small study published Tuesday in the journal Radiology. The new research adds to the growing body of evidence that there may be no harmless form of vaping. Here, I'll just say it for you, NBC News. There is no harmless form of vaping, and no one's we're, ever tried to fucking not, claim that. Exactly. Where is this Good coming God. from? Good God. No one is saying this. <laughs> it is literally a thing we no have never one. said. All right. Oh, let's say I got to pause my, uh, my ad blocker. Yeah, that's fine. Pause on this site. Vaping for the first time can damage your blood vessels. This is as of August 20th, 2019, so one year ago. I Vaping bet you 20 bucks it just was an once. in vitro study. I bet you 20 bucks. Ooh, let's see if we can find out. Uh, body's vascular function. So this is done at the University of Pennsylvania. 
Previous lab studies, 31 healthy people in their 20s. Uh, no one had ever smoked any kind of cigarette, regular or electronic. For this study, they took 16 puffs of an e-cigarette that contained tobacco flavoring and sweeteners like propylene glycol and glycerol, but no nicotine. To study okay. how vaping affected blood vessels, the researchers briefly cuffed each person's leg to restrict blood flow to the femoral artery, a large artery in the thigh, and okay. took an MRI image. They did this twice, before and after the participants puffed on e-cigarettes. Ordinarily, when the cuff is released, blood flow should flow much faster as the body tries to make up for the restricted flow. Indeed, that's what the researchers observed before the participants used vapes, but after vaping, the scans showed that the blood flow, that the blood didn't flow as much as before. Instead, they observed reduced blood flow and oxygen in the left leg, an effect that lasted about an hour. An hour? That's it? Okay, we know that nicotine is a vasoconstrictor. Yes. In the interim, in the short term. In the short, short term, it's a vasoconstrictor. That, that doesn't mean it damages. Where are they getting damaged from? I don't know. It, the effect lasted for about an hour. So I guess if you cuffed your leg and then vaped and then let it go and then cuffed your leg again and then vaped and then let it go and then cuffed your leg again and then vaped and then let it go, you could have up to a few hours of slightly slower blood flow. I, that could be the damage. It's but, probably the same with caffeine or any. I mean, I'm sorry. They go on not. to. I know it's goofy. It is goofy. The cumulative damage is what could increase the risk of heart problems. They say could 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 the cumulative damage could <laughs> weasel word a and the cumulative damage of slightly reduced blood flow from nicotine, which is a vasoconstrictor. Nicotine has never been linked to any risk of heart problems. There's never been heart That's disease not 100% from true. just do, nicotine. No, they do recommend. So when you talk to your doctor and you're quitting smoking, mm -hmm. you do need to like people with heart conditions do need to be a little careful using, okay. using any stimulant. But that is most doctors, though, will tell you that when you're talking about using the patch to quit, they would rather you use the patch that still has nicotine in it if you have a heart condition than if you continued smoking. So most of them still recommend mm -hmm. it, but there is a little, there's not no risk for people with a heart condition. It's a little bit different. We do know that. Yes. Um, most of the time the benefits outweigh any potential risk, but that that is a thing. Although, wait, am I confusing things? Did this study no. initially say the test subjects didn't have any nicotine? Zero nicotine. Okay, so then that's not, Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so it, it can't be the nicotine. It can't be the nicotine it. that's a vasoconstrictor in this case. So, and they said the blood should flow much faster. That's the exact nomenclature they use. The blood should flow much faster. I don't know if they're whatever. I, I mean, maybe some of the flavorings could act as vasoconstrictors as well. But if it's only lasting, there's also another condition called, I don't know if you've heard of this. It's a colloquialism called um, like white coat syndrome. I suffer from this. Basically, white whenever coat I sit, syndrome. white coat syndrome, it's basically anxiety when you go to the doctor and get things tested. 
So when I go to the doctor and I sit down to the blood pressure machine, mm -hmm. a lot of times my blood pressure shows high when I don't actually have high blood pressure. Yes. It's just from some anxiety about like getting it tested and yep. that thing squeezes your arm really hard and it hurts. <laughs> and like the doctors are there. It, they call it like white lab or white coat syndrome. It's just getting a little nervous. And so right. I've actually had to like schedule out because they were like, we think you might have high blood pressure. And I'm like, no, bro, I don't. And I, so we had to like I, pick a day that I went in and I had to like zen out and like be really chill. And like, then it went back to normal. Mm. But I don't know if that could be a factor in this, you know, like how the people like, oh, vape this. And now we're going to test it. Like maybe they get a little anxious and then yeah, test is a little bit. A hundred percent. I've never heard that people? term before. White, white, white coat, white, white coat, coat syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. I never heard that before. Getting that's a little fucking fascinating at the, at the doctor's office. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And as Kristen Noel Marsh points out in the chat, which by the way, thank you again for being here. Ex Hi, Kristen. Let you guys are among a legend right now. You guys have uh, no yep. idea who Kristen Noel yep. Marsh is. She is a legend. The most respect to you, Kristen Noel Marsh. But she points out in the chat, exercise can also cause vasoconstriction. Exactly. Yeah. Like they also tell people with heart yep. conditions not to exercise first thing in the morning after waking up because it can cause like these are things that we know and they're like not a big deal. We just deal with them. Yeah. Like it's you know, maybe yep. don't exercise first thing in the morning because your arteries are a little stiff. They're not as flexible. They haven't gotten all warmed up. Sure. As sure. like later in the day. Yeah. It's okay. You could okay. you could just change that and do that and it's really not that big of a deal, quite honestly. Oi. Let's, okay, That's well, we're running long. That. Let's do, uh, okay. I'm going to pick one more question here. I don't know which one to do. Is one puff of a vape bad? Uh, is vaping damage permanent? Does vaping while sick make, does vaping cause blood clots? Is that one we should look at? Um, I can't so pick one. Does vaping cause nicotine? Pump I don't anymore? know if nicotine could have any blood clots because i know let's see is vaping there damage is, permanent it it may increase the risk definitely although this could be smoking a lot of times the problem is when they associate something with smoking they automatically apply it to nicotine so there's a little dicey like for example as a woman i know that if you're on the birth control pill or any kind of you know chemical birth control sure, sure. that can increase your risk of blood clots and so they an estrogen based one and so they recommend that you do not smoke while on that form of birth control because that can also, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So some of these things can be, but I don't know if that's nicotine specific or if that's tobacco smoking, you know, specific. Mm. So there may be like some, you know, and obviously if you have like hardcore medical issues, you should definitely talk to your doctor before you like do any kind of chemical altering of your body. Yeah, like, definitely. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah, that's but. definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing. But I thought that was more smoking. I didn't think that was so much nicotine. I'm I mean, gonna, the funny part is, look at all the science in relation to patches and gums, and you'll get the real answer, right? Right. People have studied this, right? Patches and gums had to go through the drug yeah. pathway 100%. at FDA. So they've tested the safety of this stuff with nicotine mm -hmm. gums and patches and lozenges and inhalers. So I have a hard time believing that, like, there's some huge difference between whatever recommendations you make for the patch versus what you make for nicotine vaping. Like yeah. that can't be that different, bro. Like yeah. I understand that flavorings may 
you know, inhaling flavorants may, you know, change sure. that slightly. Well, and that's sure, the thing fine, is, fair. I want to know that too. I want to know right. all the science. And when yeah. I see things and when I talk to people on, on, you know, on Twitter, whatever social media, I'm like, look, I'm a vapor. I'm a nicotine user. If there's something bad, I really want to know about it. Yeah. If there's absolutely. a flavoring that I should avoid because mm-hmm. they're, you know, moreover, however, right. moreover, possibly that could cause you know, whatever, I'd like to know about it. I, as a consumer, want to be an informed consumer and then make my decisions based on that information. Right. But that's not what we get. Blood clots? Does vaping cause blood clots? Okay. Uh, Sheriff, I don't know where this comes from. Sharaf says, vaping puts your heart in danger. Okay. Cholesterol deposits. That's just the full sentence. Cholesterol deposits. Okay. Vaping causing cholesterol deposits in arteries to become more unstable over time and more likely to rupture. Vaping Mm. causes cholesterol deposits in your arteries to become unstable over time and more likely rupture. When that happens, it can lead to a clot, which can lead to a heart attack or stroke. Vaping deposits cholesterol? What? See, I have a problem with that because you guys, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull up just look at the information library on Casaw.org. Oh, on that new Casaw.org website. Yeah, information library. And I'm going to find for you a glorious study entitled Cardiovascular Effects of Switching from Tobacco Cigarettes to Electronic Cigarettes. Mm, We hit this little read more button. Yeah. You're going to be taken to a link that essentially tells you that actually there was definitely an improvement in these these things, essentially. So again, where is that coming from? I mean, if you're comparing a non-smoking person to doing this, yeah, you're probably going to find stuff because vaping wasn't made for non-smokers. That's not what it was designed for. Right. The problem with science is you always need to be comparing this to smoking. If you are not doing that, if you're not doing that, there's a problem. All, always. God damn it. Here, can I play the cheering sounds again? Always. Yeah. Always, always, always compare it to smoking. Always, always, always compare it to smoking. Well, the answer that we get from uh, Google here, it links to livewell.unitypoint.org. Nope, I don't know. I don't know who unitypoint.org is. But they have a cardiologist, Mohammed Sharaf, MD, who's a cardiologist. And I love the way that this article starts. It's easy to understand why vaping is bad for your lungs. <laughs> That's the first sentence. It's easy to understand why vaping is bad for your lungs. After all, e-cigarettes use battery-operated heating elements to vaporize a liquid nicotine solution that users inhale into their lungs. But did you know vaping also does a number on your heart? See, what's interesting is my cardiologist that I go to is glad that I vape. I told him I used to smoke. I told him I vape. He said, good choice. All my, I I had high blood pressure, uh, at the beginning of this year and I got it way back down and I'm, I've been perfect all year now. I just went in for a checkup just the other day. Perfect blood pressure. Perfect, Mm -hmm. perfect blood pressure. And I had been in the car 10 minutes before huffing on my little Cali burn G just whatever, checking Twitter and vaping. Then go inside Yep. Perfect blood pressure. Yep. Perfect blood pressure. 
So why is it that my cardiologist is cool with it? Maybe your cardiologist is cool with it, but why is this cardiologist not cool with it? He says he has personally seen, okay, I don't know if there's anybody to fact check this. Boy. He says he's personally seen six cases of vaping-related heart attacks. Oh, my God. He's concerned that this number will skyrocket with the amount of young people who are now vaping. No, no. Okay, first question. How Did it in the world are you linking the heart attack to vaping? He said he's what seen six cases of vaping heart attacks. What okay. technology are you using to definitively <laughs> link Magic. this? Magic. Is it alien technology? Because we definitely don't. So did your patients never have a history of any cardiovascular S- yeah, or heart, high blood? Smoking. Nothing history before, of tobacco use. Smoking. Yeah, like, right. You, you, I'm sorry, but you can't say that. You yeah. literally, there's no technology that could show you that that's what caused that. That's not a thing that exists mm-hmm. to my knowledge. No, nope. like no, I'm getting ragey. I'm sorry. This is some bullshit. Look, okay? I can link you. Do you want? You want Muhammad Sharaf's Twitter? You want to let give him a piece Ugh. of it? Vaping is bad for your heart. That's what he says. He says uh, no. the truth is people who vape are 50 percent more likely to have a heart attack than non-smokers. Wait. Wait, he got, is he citing Glance's study? I think study? he's citing Wait a Glance. Wait a minute. Wait I a think minute. he's Wait glancing. Wait a minute. Is that what the Glance study said? 56% I, more likely? I don't remember the percentage, but it was. I thought he said like two or three times or something like that. I bet you he's citing Glance. He has to be citing Glance, right? He didn't. He didn't. There, there, there's no sources. Okay. You know, there's no references. There's no sources or anything. Of course there's not. There's, there's nothing on here. Uh, yeah. So vaping is dangerous. It will definitely give you a heart attack. Uh, they mentioned the cholesterol deposits again. We have to look into this. Vaping causes cholesterol deposits in arteries to become more unstable over time and more likely to rupture. We need some medical, we need an MD to help answer this question. See, because I'm looking at the other study, right? Um, by, let's see the, so it's the university of, oh shit. Okay, this two-year trial hosted by the University School of Medicine, I think it's the University of Dundee, this really good study that we have. So this is um, a two-year trial hosted by the University School of Medicine found that smokers who switched to e-cigarettes demonstrated a significant improvement in their Mm -hmm. vascular health within four weeks, with women experiencing greater gains by switching than men even. Yeah. The study also found that participants who transitioned achieved greater improvement compared to those who continued to use both dual use. Ah, uh, dual so, use. The old dual I'm sorry, use. I'm sorry, but like this doesn't talk about that at all. No. I can I'll put a link to this in the chat if you guys put a link to the chat. Throw that link, throw that link on the Google Doc, because there's gonna be a link explosion underneath this. Um but I love this. I love this practice of finding ridiculous questions on Google about vaping and trying to answer them better and with actual, you know, <laughs> studies. <laughs> and, you I know, like the lung cleaning one. I wanted refer- to answer that one. Yeah, lung cleaning. Oh, shit. Did I close the tab? Oh, I might have closed the tab. The question is, how do I clean my lungs? Yeah, how do I clean my lungs? It's like, hey, you don't. You don't. You don't. Your lungs do that themselves. Your lungs do that. Yep. Well, they basically have How a self-wash system. How do I clean my liver? System you don't. Your liver them? cleans itself. Yep. 
You stay healthy. You eat well. You you stay healthy. You don't smoke cigarettes. Themselves. Don't yeah. go outside in L.A. Every day when we go on our walk in the morning, fire. it's yeah. I mean, just every day when we go out on our walk, I mask up just because every morning the air quality, it's like stay inside today if you can. Don't oh, even go outside. Don't even go outside. Air quality so bad. No. Cool. Good thing I'm in here with my safe nicotine vapor. Right. Also, your lungs clean themselves. Don't try to clean them. They also, do don't clean your lungs. Don't try They do it themselves. Just leave them alone. Treat them good, and they will clean themselves. <sighs> Wise words from the great Danielle Jones. Just I do play a doctor on YouTube. So <laughs> Not in real uh, life. Okay. So... Uh, I think that's going to wrap this up. Uh, we ran a little bit long and that's okay. I don't think I had any more super chats. Jake, uh, what did Jake, what did Jake have to say here? He said, uh, if I've learned anything from those doctor hospital shows, they will cater to donors to keep the door open. Oh yeah. You're not wrong. You're, You're not wrong. Unfortunately, you I are watched, not wrong. yeah, I watched house MD too. I know. I know where Re all that researching universities Grey's do the Anatomy. same thing you know i have a clip that we should try to play uh at some point okay talking about basically how it works with these universities getting funding to do research yes it's not, it's not what people think it is it's a very yeah i we should look at that clip we should get Teaser. that clip let's get that clip next week let's get that clip let's get that clip dog so dang that's it uh, we're going to wrap up this Tuesday, bro. Newsday, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for joining me. I, I like hanging out with, uh, the people that are here to get educated and to be advocates, you know, Tuesday, bro. Newsday. It's all, even when it was Tuesday, bro. Tuesday, even when it was a live call-in show, it was always advocacy based and news and advocacy centric. And it's always just been the lowest attended, lowest viewed stream that I do. I don't care. All I care is that you guys are here now wanting to get educated and wanting to learn more about how to be an effective harm reduction advocate, an effective vape advocate. We're spreading the truth butter, truth butter every Tuesday. So I really appreciate you guys being here. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up. I will have a monstrous link explosion down in the description to hopefully literally everything that I talked about today, everything that we talked about today, including Vivek Murphy, including Javier from California, including all of the critical CASA and Veritas cohort study links. So on behalf of uh, Danielle Jones and myself and all of the great staff and crew here at the Tuesday Bro Newsday program, you know, they really go above and beyond to make sure that this is a professional uh, science-based uh, broadcast. And, I, you know, we couldn't do it without them. Appreciate it. All you guys out there, all the camera operators, appreciate it. Anyway, appreciate you guys being here. We'll be back here again next Tuesday. No idea what we're going to talk about, but I'll see you guys back here Thursday for a big old vlog day. My camera died. That is perfect timing. Because we'll just take this out with uh, Danielle Jones. Just wave goodbye. Just wave goodbye. Say thank you so much for watching, everybody. And uh, peace out. Remember, um, no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% less harmful for you than burning those deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. So no matter what's in your hand, 
Let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other, guys. Peace out. Do, do the peace. Say, say peace out. Yeah. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I think you... Oops. No, I'm, I'm fucking up the end of this, though. <laughs> Let's do... Uh, okay, bye.